Ye want to know about the great sword of Benedict? There once was a pirate named Benedict the Great. He worked as a deckhand for a cruel and calloused captain. One day, they attacked a passenger ship, stole everything of worth, and burnt it till it was soggy ashes in the sea. They also took two unlikely hostages, Marcus, a wizard who wielded lightning like you or I wield a spoon, and Leonard, who could wit a wood fine as anyone alive. Benedict was tasked with their care, but he soon came to care for them, if you know what I mean. I mean he wanted to bone them. When next the ship made landfall, he freed the captives, and the trio scuttled off into the port town bustle. They fit together like a jigsaw with three pieces, but they needed coin as much as the next. While Marcus scraped pennies doing magic tricks, and Benedict picked the pockets of the captive audience, Leonard crafted a ship. Such was his skill, he made it in seven days and seven nights. Ah, was it seven years? Ah, who gives a hootin' any? Next thing you know, they're the three terrors of the sea. Their ship is fast as lightning. They made their living practicing semi-ethical piracy, but Marcus kept up his magical pursuits. He perfected the secret to linking a weapon to a person's soul, making the armament more potent than you can ever imagine. He made one such weapon for each of his lovers. Leonard's blade has been lost to the sands of time, but the great sword of Benedict is believed to be stashed away in the Wailing Cove, where it has stayed to this very day. Ace Shot kind of takes a step in from the back. There's something they're not telling you about this all. After they did that ritual and made those weapons, the crew were never seen again. It's haunted, it's cursed, it's bad juju. Eh. Look, it cannot possibly be worse than the place we've just been. Every night, the cove lets out a hideous wail. Yeah, no, that sounds bad. I did that for a period of time. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Sounds like a nice change of pace, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. No one that has ever visited has ever returned. Oh, must be a nice place to stay, then. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm not going in, and I don't think any of the rest of the crew are. It's just all of you and and old Smokey. That's okay. Mm. We'll take care of old Smokey. As you approach the Wailing Cove, the sun is hanging low in the sky now. Arr! It'll start wailing any second now. You'll see it. It'll be great. Wouldn't we hear it and not see it? You'll see it with your ears. That's the definition of hearing. Mm. That's What, you go to university? Yes, actually. Ooh la la! Just because you went to university and didn't become a pirate, we are not (laughs) pirates, and I did go to university. That's where I got this voice. (laughs) We'll regret our life decisions sometimes. I don't. Of course you don't. I do, says A shot. (laughs) (laughs) Jakak just kind of comes down. What's a decision? Oh, that's so dark! <laughs> Keep throwing knives. And then she turns around and says it's a nim. Donk! We're here! The Wailing Cove, how to describe it? It's a small island, and most of the island is sort of like a rocky outcrop in the water. And then on the side you're approaching, there is a small beach. And the beach lets into the 
cave, or as we might call it, a cove. One with just fantastic acoustics, may I say. I can hear the sound of my voice, 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 voice. It's not echoing, I am just keep saying this. <laughs> <laughs> he does this every time we go to some place with rocky cliffs. But mm. we're just near the place with the rocky cliffs. Yeah. We, we haven't even got off the boat yet. You'll stop being surprised by it eventually, it's alright. So, old Smokey gets off the boat, the others stay behind. You don't get any treasure, you know that right? They don't care. They don't want it. They think it's cursed. But these are the great pirates. The great pirate triad. Nothing in their stuff could be bad, right? Oh, no. Plenty of things could be bad. Why am I bringing you? I'm oh, a thief. The story? Wasn't it a beautiful story? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm just here for the treasure. Well, I guess I am too. But I'm here for the rescue. The- and she runs off. You run into the cove. It's sort of dimly lit by the light coming in through the cave at this point. And you can see that right at the entrance, you know, this kind of rocky floor mm-hmm. and then a wooden bridge suspended over this running stream of water that seems to be very furious. And that, that stream is like five meters down from the bridge. And then the bridge leads over to another small bit of rocky area. So do you know which way we're going? Do you have a map? Map? Yeah, look! They get out their map. Okay, we were here, and then we came here. And this is where the sword is. Is it like a linear series of caves situation? Is it like a labyrinth? Are we going to be stuck here for days and days and days? Because Bigger mentioned we're on a time limit. There's a lot of Benedicts in here! Aye, 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 alright, let's go. <laughs> Isn't it wonderful? Let's walk across the bridge! Unless you want to jump in the stream instead. I'm good. Who would lead the charge, most likely? I mean, just let them lead the charge. They seem enthusiastic. Old Smokey gets halfway across the bridge when suddenly a figure just appears, just out of thin air, almost as fast as lightning. And this figure is humanoid, but... They look scraggly and their skin looks awful and pallid and they have little barnacles growing across them. And they grab Old Smokey and start pushing them off the side of the bridge. Hey, 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 hey. I'm going to grab their wrist. Okay, you grab Old Smokey's wrist just as they get thrown over. Can you please roll <laughs> strength to try and pull them back up? That's a... 11. Pull Old Smokey back up under the bridge and get them behind you. So now it's just you and this strange creature. Don't make me turn into a bear. I'll do it. Mm. Now from against the walls on the other side of the bridge, you can see sort of two more figures similar to this one holding strange looking maces that move from against the wall and start lumbering over towards the bridge as well. Okay, Jolene Jolene is going to, I guess, scramble up Nim, backflips over her, and then I'm going to backstab this bitch up. Okay. Yeah, so 11 plus, yeah, 14. Um, I'm going to deal my damage, not get into melee with them, and reduce their armor by one until they repair it. That's an eight. So I guess I backflip over and then land behind them and hop. Jolene. That's so fucking cool. So you just, you flip off of Nim's back, land, stab into this creature, 
and then pull back, and just as soon as you were there, you're gone. You stand still, and you can't be seen anymore. As this creature turns around, it has no target to attack. Mim says out loud, fuck, that's cool. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But at this point, the other creatures have closed in across the bridge now, and they are making their way over the bridge and deliberately sort of rocking as they move, making it all very difficult for everyone. Signana stands forward and says, Stand back. I have this. Get ready for my peacock pirouette. Signana begins an elaborate, strange dance that splays out the toga in really colourful fashions. The colour really comes from the skin, but that's fine. I'm using It Goes to Eleven. Uh, you will unleash a crazed performance. <laughs> Choose a target who can hear you, and roll plus charisma. Which target are you choosing? Um, the two that are trying to rock. That is a eight. So on a ten plus, the target attacks their nearest ally in range. On a seven to nine, they attack their nearest ally, but you also draw their attention and ire. So this creature with barnacles all over it, whips around and strikes at its friend. Can I get you to roll a d8 to see how much damage Mm -hmm. it's going to deal? Eight. It smacks into its friend, nearly knocks the friend off of the bridge, and both of them are stopped from the moment from this rocking. But then it turns around, and it gets this mace in its hand, and hurls it directly at you. And as it leaves its hand, the mace starts sparking with lightning. Uh, I would like to try and get out of the way with a graceful uh, splits. <laughs> I was gonna say, well, jumping out of the way wouldn't work because you just end up falling in the, like, falling off the bridge. So You're gonna yeah, stalk it. Yeah. This is the perfect solution. Yeah, Signan is gonna gonna drop that down to down. Uh, nine. It either hits the person behind you instead of you as you do the splits to avoid it, or you manage to dodge out of the way of it, but now you're hanging off of the bridge. I like the dramatic hilarity of it hitting the person behind <laughs> So who would have been behind Signana? So if Signana comes to the first Nim, you get hit by this mace. <laughs> square in the chest, and the electricity pulses through you, and you fall to the ground stunned. Well, fuck. Aha, you missed. <laughs> Nim's now on the ground stunned, and the barnacle figure that just suddenly appeared, at this point disappears, and appears like holding Nim. And you're stunned, so you're not going to be able to react to this, but if anyone else has anything they think they can do in a split second. I'm gonna run forward and I'm gonna grab out my staff, and I'm gonna try and fuck off her! And then try and interpose my staff between the two, and I'm gonna try and defend Nim. You run over, grab onto this figure, and it turns around to stop you, lays its hands on you, Cremora and the figure disappear. God damn it, we just got her back. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The stunning was just a moment, so now you're back and able to act. So yeah, Nim, your focus comes back, and you saw all this, you just couldn't act. Nim is going to (laughs) turn into a fishing owl, and I'm going to fly at the face of the one that has the mace and try and basically, like, fly at their face so that they reel backwards and fall off the bridge. Okay, first roll to become 
above. Seven. Yep, you turn into a fishing owl. Uh, Signana seeing the bird transformation uh, is very, very happy and inspired and shall weave that into a performance of a owl-like strut up and down the length of the bridge. And I shall uh, use my arcane art. That is experience! Yay! Uh, <laughs> uh, you strut around like a little owl. Buddy, you just fucking fall off the edge because you're a doofus. You'll <laughs> be fine. Nim, this does give you a brief moment of choice. You could try and, and save Signana from falling into the water, or you can keep going for your target. And that look in your eyes is telling me exactly what you're going to do. See, apart from the fact that Nim would probably keep going anyway, I don't yeah. think she's even seen this. She's just like, fuck! <laughs> <laughs> My wizard, away from me! Okay, let's defy dangerous strength then. Nice! Eleven. You barrel into this second figure (laughs) and just knock it straight into the water. And so, okay, so now there's just the one figure left. And it is lumbering up and sweeps a heavy arm at you, Jolene. What are you going to do? I'm going to dodge out of the way. Definitely defy me some danger decks. I definitely defy some danger decks. That's a ten. Okay, yeah, you just dodge the fuck out of this way and make this idiot look like a Dumbo. What are you going to do in response now? How far down has Signana fallen? Fuck off territory. Oh, fuck off territory, so... (laughs) At this point, he's he's in the water, probably. Hmm? You're right down there. Actually, reminds me quite much of, uh, of home. This is pleasant. You would not be having a discussion. It is a raging stream of water. That is okay. <laughs> this is pleasant! <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna counterattack and stabby stab, stab, stab. Roll the stab. Okay, yeah, that's a seven. Deal your damage. Six. Your rapier sinks into this creature and it sort of falls back onto the ropes and then its body falls over the side, but it like leans the bridge quite heavily as it does on your on your part of the bridge. Can you roll me to fight danger decks to stay on? That's also a seven, so You just barely managed to clatter and, and stay on. Let's cut to what's happening elsewhere. Cremora, you appear in a small room. You're dumped there and then the figure just Bamps out again, basically, and disappears again. And you're left in this room. On one side of this room, there is the running stream. You can see runs here, and then sort of hits a metal gate, like metal poles stuck into the ground that would stop you from getting out through there. There's sort of rock walls, and then a metal door as well, with very small slits you would be able to peer through. First of all, take out Spellbook, which I realised I never described, and it's just a college textbook. Um, <laughs> and gonna sit down and cast Contact Spirits. Uh, contact the Spirit of Benedict. Thirteen. You reach out to the Spirit of Benedict. You can feel it. It's so close, but it's, it's trapped. It can't reach you. It can't manifest to speak to you. You know it's around you. You can even feel the direction. You can feel it's in that direction of the door, but you can't pull it to you to talk to. Okay. At this point, you hear... Oh! Oh! Bang! As he 
hit the metal at the end <laughs> of the string. <laughs> uh, just sort of clamber up onto the shoreline. Oh, that was a good swim. And then following that, thunk, this thing lumbers out of the water. Oh, shit. <laughs> I'm going to take out the canopic jar with the goblin in it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to dump it out onto the floor. Close my eyes, clench my fists, and I'm going to roll for Raise the Dead. Dun, dun, dun! Sorry, did you say Raising the Bread? Did you yeah. respec mm. as a baker? Yeah, <laughs> yes, um, yeah. absolutely. Summon yeast. <laughs> <laughs> when you seek to use the blackest of magics to reanimate the dead, choose a nearby corpse or one from your collection and roll plus int. Only one corpse can be controlled at a time and it must be around humanoid size or smaller. On a 10+, plus, the animated corpse rises under your control and you have three power. On a 7 to 9, also choose one. The flesh resists you. Start with one less power. You draw unwelcome attention or put yourself in a spot. The GM will tell you how. Magic barely holds the corpse together and afterwards the corpse will disintegrate. When you run out of power, the animated corpse collapses. If there's anything left, you can attempt to raise it again. And what was your roll? That was a nine. So I will start with two power. So Kimura reaches out, clenches her fist. When she opens her eyes again, they're burning with green flame. The goblin body jerks up, its eyes also burning. And I will use attack command to make it try and start beating the door down, which is another intelligence roll. That's another nine. It deals 1d8 damage, and I use one power. So it deals six damage to the door. So yeah, it just pounds and pounds and pounds. And you can see it's starting to dent it, but it's also making a lot of noise. And it's making time as well for this figure to crawl mm-hmm. out of the water and start coming over to... And its focus is obviously on the one beating down the door at the moment, so this goblin. Mm-hmm. Signano, would you like to intervene? Well, first I look over and it's... Cremora, you have the power to summon the homeless? <sighs> I hate you-, you so much. You are such a powerful wizard. Anyway, I've got something I can do. Lovely performance. Reminiscence of my time as as a worm. It was a good time. It was a good time. It was a... (laughs) (laughs) I'm right here! (laughs) Sorry. I would like to use Metal Hurlant. (laughs) When you shout with great force or play a powerful note, choose a target and roll plus con. Is it me? Am I the target? Um, the, um, what is it? Um, that is a seven. So, just succeeds. Um, so I damaged the target, but it was out of control. The GM will choose an additional target nearby. <laughs> Why are you all looking at me? <laughs> to be fair, it's corpse. in the direction of the, like, the corpse in person. Yeah, so it would be the corpse that would be the additional yep. target. Yeah, well, up to right. you to decide, but yeah. yeah no, so I roll a d10. Shit, really? Yeah, it's powerful, but you can hurt allies so easily. I deal one point of damage. <laughs> <laughs> I really I really need to warm up my vocal cords with this. Um, <clears throat> oh, uh, <sighs> First of all, this weird creature... Actually isn't even affected by this. And as for your goblinoid zombie, 
One of its ears starts peeling off. <laughs> that's that, that's okay. The ear can come off. <laughs> I'll allow it. It sort oh. of it sort of the ear falls off and then sort of wriggles away like it's freed. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> I love that. But uh, both of them. Another thing is considered deafened for a few minutes. Okay, I think it's about this point as well. As your zombie is striking the metal, suddenly it starts shaking and it kind of falls back a step and now you can sort of see electricity arcing through the door and you can hear the sizzle of it and you hear a voice say, What are you doing here? We're trying to find the Sword of Benedict. Want the Sword of Benedict? Want is a strong word. We're sort of required it. He's mine! And the door sort of is sizzling with lightning. I will have your souls, and you will replace the creatures of mine that you have killed. I like to call them barnacles. They're so lifeless that they can't even clean off the things that grow on them. I hope you're looking forward to that. This is what happens when you would threaten him. We're not trying to hurt him. Though, do you think you are? Keeping him trapped, I mean. You don't know what you're talking about. It's not even worth my time discussing it. Can I spout lore about, like, sentient weapons and... Oh, yes, that's a 13. When Old Smokey had talked about binding a soul to a weapon... They hadn't necessarily been talking in the context of literally binding a soul to a weapon, but that's starting to seem like maybe that's what's happened here. So that, I guess, is more of a surprise to you, right? Perhaps. Yeah, it'd be pretty fucking bad. I mean, it'd just be lonely and it's often corrupting. So it's less like I pour my life force into this weapon and more like, I'm trapped inside this weapon now. Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not like the intention you felt of the story that you heard was that they actually powered these weapons and then used them, not actually literally became them. Okay. I've heard things about the sort of thing that you've done. Souls are not something that you toy with, and they're not something that you play with. You have no idea what I'll do with your soul. I really don't. Right. Now I will take your souls. Nothing personal. I have better need of them than you did. Mm, Debatable. And you hear a heavy hand fall on this door. And by the way, there's slits in the door and you can't see much through them, but you can only really even see like the mid-level of this figure. They seem much larger than a normal person. And you just hear the door opening when, from that direction you felt the sword from, and everyone in the whole cave would hear this. You start hearing this awful wailing noise. I guess it would be a high wail, a scream or a screech almost. Pours out and, and, and goes over everyone's ear and then, I'll be back later. And he marches off. Let's go back to the other scene. You have all just fought off your assailants, Nim and Jolene. I'm just going to fly forward, but also up, and see if I can get a bird's eye view of the area. Yeah, so there's two lots of rock 
connected by a bridge. And then there's the stream running underneath, which you can see runs for quite a ways under the rock. Uh, and what you do spy that's useful here, on one side there is a trap door. Okay, I'm going to fly down, land on the trap door, knock it with my beak and go, woo! Okay, so she like shoes you off and like grabs one side to pull it open. I would say it would be about this point that you would all hear this wailing noise emanating from below you. I reflexively turn back into a human because that shit would hurt my alias. Oh, wow. Ow, fuck! The wailing doesn't stop, by the way. It's not just a single wail let out. It is a continued sound. Maybe you acclimatize to it after a moment, but it's still very loud. Arr! It be starting! What's starting? The, the noise! The hideous noise that can be heard for miles across the ocean. And when does it end? Uh, five minutes. That's a lot of wailing. Get in the trap door. Alright. <laughs> I'm gonna take, like, the ends of my cloak and, like, shove them in my head. Yeah, I've, like, pulled, like, the hood, like, the, with the, the, I'm assuming there's little, like, drawstrings and just, like, zoop, so it's just, zoop. <laughs> just trying to... <laughs> okay. You make it down the trap door. It's actually, I guess, quite a bit of a climb. Like, there's a ladder under the trap door, and it would be quite a, quite a ways down. You come down just in time to turn around and see four more of these barnacled creatures, and they're carrying the crew of the pitted plum into another room. Well, fuck. Should we just leave them? We should just leave them. We should just find Cremora and maybe Signana. And we need them to crew out. Ship, I don't know how to sail a ship. I would like a ship crew. It would be good to have that still. Yes, smoke you here. Oh yeah, you're here. Okay, let's go I save am. them. So yeah, you can see that there are two metal doors, like large prison style doors here. They're leading them into an open one, and then there's another one against the other wall, and then on the wall opposite that metal door, <laughs> which is rippling with electricity can see, I guess, a wooden door, and you hear, oh, Get off me, you brute! Yeah, this is not good. I don't like it. Please stop. <laughs> like, oh, well, it's gotta be better than the box! You went from one small box to another slightly bigger box. <laughs> God, poor Jakak. Nim's just gonna be, like, pinching the bridge of her nose and says, Let's go make sure Kamara and Signana are safe, and then we can go get the rest of the crew. We wait here while yep. they throw them in prison, uh-huh. and then we bust them out once the barnacle dudes are gone. Oh, yeah, sure. I don't care. I can't fight for shit. <laughs> All I've got is this, my finest weapon. And they pull out a spoon. I wield it like lightning! <sighs> if you hold your cloak up, yeah. will it shield us? It'll probably shield me. Oh, oh shield- I, I can stand on top of your shoulders! Or you can you piggyback stand me. on top of... I'll smoke your shoulders, and I will turn into something small. Oh yeah, we could do that. Okay, see you in a bit. And I turn into a mouse. to stand on my shoulders? Okay, maybe not stand, I'll sit on your shoulders. Life's a series of adventures. Yep, so she like scrambles oh, up oh, and... Okay. Well, that's happening. So yeah, you're all hidden, and you just literally stand there invisible as the crew of the pitted plum get dragged into a jail cell. And then the barnacles leave, and you can just, you've been waiting a little while when this happens, you can just start to hear the wailing, not immediately trail off, but starting to lessen. But over to the door. Is there a gap under the door? 
big enough for a mouse. I go under the yeah. door. Follow that mouse. Okay. And they follow the mouse, and then they run into the door. <laughs> Instructions are clear. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the other four, mm-hmm. five. Are they, like, bound, or are they just in the cell? They're just shoved in the cell. I'm going to come back out, wiggle my ears, and look at the door. I'm going to go in investigate the crackly door. You can't get too close as it crackles, but you can just peer under and see some bare, pasty feet. Horrible, rotting toes with sort of, like, hooked nails on them. Mm. And what sort of shoes do you wear, Kimura? Probably, like, just fairly practical faux medieval-style boots designed by someone who doesn't actually know what medieval people walk. I'm going to transform back. I think they're in there. I think there was something terrible and undead. That sounds bad. I'm going to go break them out first. The door's covered in electricity. Yeah, I can, I can see that. I can see... Do you... Okay. Well, uh, what material is the floor? Rock. Mm, it's not going to be grounding. Shit. Also, by the way, if you think that Cremora is in there, like, you can talk through the door. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Cremora! Not too loud. Hello. Are you okay? Hello? Hello? Shut up. We're coming for you in a second. Okay. So, um... Are you okay? There's something under the door with you! Yes, I know. It's Signana. No, no, no! It's a terrible green thing! That's, that's fine. It's with me. <laughs> what the fuck do you mean it's with you? It's... I'll explain later. It's... Where were you hiding it? In the jars. I'll... Oh. Quick light bulb moment mm. for Nim. Well, just sort of looking over the door, can I use my bardic law of spells and magics? Okay. Uh, how do I turn this door off? How do I turn the electricity off? This is an open-ended answer, because there's mm. other ways. Um, grounding it sounds good. Mm. Destroying the original source of the electricity would also mm. do it. Transferring the electricity into something else. Okay, I have an idea. I'm going to order the goblinoid zombie to put both hands on the door. I'm going to need, like, to fight angel intelligence purely because I think the natural, like, Physical response of a body is to jump back just purely based on, like, reflexes yeah. and stuff. So you're going to need to have strong command of it to keep okay. it from just jumping off. <laughs> yeah, okay. That is a 14, I think. The electricity passes into this goblin. It blasts off the other ear. A hunk out of the side just kind of explodes out. And it holds its hands there for a considerable amount of time. And then almost just kind of leans off of the thing because it's it's so paralyzed by the electricity of its body. And then after a second, its arms go to its side and it is crackling with lightning. <laughs> and the door has gone dead. That is really cool. Jolene Jolene is going to start unlocking the door. She's going to pick the lock. Uh, yeah, I do it. That's at least a 10. <laughs> you do three. it real good. Okay, you pop it open. We can even use that roll to open the other one, probably. Yeah, okay. And the whole crew is reunited. They took our ship, and they they docked it in this... I don't know, it was so strange that a sheer face of rock just opened up and revealed a sort of dock, and they docked the ship in it, and then they tried to bring us into prison. Thank you for freeing us, but... It's okay, we needed you to drive the ship. <laughs> so selfless. <laughs> so selfless. <laughs> And then Jakak says, oh, there was, like, 
real weird machine in the other room. It was real weird and big. Um, I don't know much about machines or, or things. It looked weird. And there was a sword stabbed in the ground. A sword! A great sword of Benedict! Yes, the great sword of Benedict that contains Benedict's soul. I assume that's what the screaming is. No, 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 that's, that's gotta be wrong. The sword of Benedict, it's, it's powered by Benedict originally, but it's not Benedict. Let's put the facts we have together, shall we? Wizard, who was in love with the other people, love makes people do stupid things, decided to put his lover's souls into weapons, or power weapons with souls, you think. Talked about us coming to take him away from him. Wait, you met someone? Yes. You met Marcus? Yes, uh, yes. Marcus is here? Yes, he is. He electrified the door and tried to take my soul. (sighs) How about we find out what's all going on when we go find the Sword of Benedict? For this whole conversation, Nima's just being kind of like staring at the electric zombie. Oh, and Kimura's like burning green eyes. Yeah. We can talk about this later. But in the meantime, let's go and get the sword and stop the wizard. Okay. Why is it always wizards? Yeah, wizards. The worst. <laughs> Nim, your crush is showing. <laughs> Jolene Jolene goes and opens the door. <laughs> Nim, like, pushes past her as she opens the door into the room. Okay, you burst into the room. You see this hulking figure. Absolutely immense. He has this awful graying skin. Yeah, this awful grey beard and then thin hair that kind of stands on end. Stabbed in the ground by his side at the moment as he's kneeling on his legs is is a staff, but the staff is like a lightning rod. And he is in front of something, and the way it is, you wouldn't be able to see it. Further behind him is this massive metal ball with these large tubes and stuff sticking out of it, and you can hear that is where the screaming has been coming from. The whales die off, as you hear a voice say, Marcus? Oh, Benedict. So good to see you. Marcus, where am I? Why do you look like that? I'm sorry, like, I don't have the energy to go through it all again today. I'm I'm sorry, I don't. You're going to be better soon. I've I've got more, more souls. Souls? What are you doing? I love you, Benedict. And then you sort of hear just the, the there was maybe one last bit of this wailing going on, and and you could sort of actually now tell as you came to the room too what sounded like a single wail was actually multiple voices, and they kind of died off one by one, and the very last voice stops. Benedict, no. And then you hear, I'm Benny. I know who you are. I want to taste human flesh. Yes, I've, I've got more human flesh for you, Benedict. I've got more. What have I done?
Thanks for listening. Shout out to this week's Kofi supporter, Basil the Cat. Yep, the animals are back at it. For just three Australian dollars, you could be top cat. Hey, do you hear that? There's a promo coming right this way! Nineteen sixty-five, Swampskit, Massachusetts. Hey, cousin. Hey, cousin. That's Cat and Randall. They're from Texas. Um, hi, Mary Sue. Garrett has a thing for Mary Sue. It's Mary. Mary does not have a thing for Garrett. In fact, Mary has a thing—a very secret thing—for Walter Green. Of course, she does. So does Meg. But none of that matters, because Walter Green is missing. What? what? You had me. He's missing, and you're all suspects. Sir, I believe Suspect. you're mistaken. On what grounds? I'd like to see your badge, please. It's possible Officer Ross isn't looking in the right place, because Walter, well, he disappeared near the woods. And that group that lives in the woods, they're different. Hollow, tell him what you told me. Um, I'm a witch. It's Kids on Bikes, available wherever you get your podcasts.